Hi, welcome to Moran Covenant. Um, I'm Kira Ogney, and next year my plans for college are to go to Santa Barbara um, City College, and then I'm going to transfer hopefully into UCSB or somewhere in Southern California, and I'm going to be studying psychology. Uh, I'm Gabe, and since about Friday, I am now going to be going to uh, UCSC. They decided. We'll take you off the wait list, so get some going there. All right, so we are so glad that you could join us today at Marin Covenant. Uh, Marin Covenant. Today is a unique service as we're celebrating the class of 2019. Uh, throughout the morning, you'll see uh, many different students. Well, some of them didn't show up, but... <laughs> oh. oh, shoot, did I call them out on it? Was Oh. <laughs> um, we're going to be helping lead uh, this morning, and our class is super excited to, uh, and honored to help lead different elements of the service, and we're excited for what God has in store. So, I'm David Rager, and I'm going to Santa Rosa Junior College. Uh, I'm, I want to do physical therapy, and uh, probably go to a four-year college after that, so, yeah. But... <clears throat> Okay, so today we are going to be looking at Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Um, so this is it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, you may be going through a, a tough time, whether it be you losing a job, uh, you trying to find a job, or just having to support a family. Uh, we all go through, go through that sometimes, but those are the times you need God the most. So just like in Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Christ knows exactly what you're going through. And that's why Christ gives us this verse to help us ease to the Lord in our lives. And that's why Christ says, come to me, not onto yourself, but onto him. Because throughout trials, troubles, and burdens, there will be difficulties coming in every direction, whether you're prepared for it or not. They can come when you're ready or when you least expect it. What I think the Lord is trying to say here is that we need to go to the right place. And... What I mean by the right place is for you to have the mindset that God is with you and is guiding you, um, even if you feel like he's not. So many Christians have gone to the wrong place for help. Um, so, for instance, some may have gone to your friends. I'm not trying to say that your friends can't help you. But uh, friends don't always give you the truth when you need it the most. And sometimes friends try to make you feel better uh, or may even try to sympathize with you. But what you need to know is that God and his presence uh, can, can help you. So um, now the last time I was up here, I shared a little bit about my chick experience, which was an amazing trip. And it really resonated with this part of the verse. And um, I shared, it was there that I learned uh, what it meant to come to Jesus through the act of participating in communion. And uh, communion, I, I want to make sure that you guys know what communion is and what it represents. 
So communion allows us to remember Jesus's sacrifice and to remember that he is present with us, which is why we can receive rest from him because he's always there for us. Um, And I just want you uh, back from my chick experience that just want you to imagine thousands of teenagers all singing and taking communion all together. Uh, You could just like feel the presence of God and how much communion really plays a role uh, in your relationship with God. And that feeling just brought me back to the section uh, from Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And as I walked back to my seat after taking communion, I saw Art Greco off to the side of a staircase. And um, (laughs) just before uh, going down the staircase, uh, I went up and hugged him. And that feeling I had when I hugged Art was something I had never felt before. Uh, It it just felt like I was lifted up. All my worries and burdens were just uh, relinquished. And at that moment, I knew I was walking with God. Uh, But what I want you to know is that that moment with God could have happened anywhere at any time. All you need is to get a heart from Art Greco. (laughs) On a serious note, though, all you need to do is come to the Lord and open up and allow God to lift all of your troubles and burdens and difficulties and give you peace. Some ways for you to open up to God is uh, to let him know you want him in your life and that you can like pray to him to let the, some of those things off your chest or even reading the Bible every day just to help stay connected with him. And even if you're having like a, a hard day at work, just taking a deep breath and remembering that like God uh, put you in that place and gave you that job and he's working in your life. So... Um, it could be as easy as even hugging a family member or a friend just, just to uh, feel God's presence. But um, anyways, it takes us back to Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, I want you to just think for a moment, what is one way you could come to God this week? And I'm going to give it off to Lydia. Hi, um, I'm Lydia Heisinga. I'm a senior at Redwood High School, and I'll be graduating in two weeks. After, <laughs> after this, I'm going to go to Seattle Pacific University and hopefully double major in economics and ecology and then have a minor in art. Um, like David, I'm also going to be focusing on the verse, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Um, So I lived in Michigan from the age 3 to 13, and in kid years, that's like your entire life, what seems like. Um, So 10 years, that's quite a bit, Um, and time seems to be moving so slowly when you're that young. One hour then seems like a day now. After seventh grade, my family moved to California from Grand Rapids, Michigan because of my dad's job. I went to Hull Middle School. Um, for eighth grade, and that would have been my fourth year in four years. 
Um, I had moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, and then the next year, I would be going to high school. So when I read the passage in Matthew 11, the idea, idea of weariness resonated with me. Even before the move, I was adamant about not liking California. I was a bit of a tomboy as a child. I loved wearing basketball shorts and my Walker Recreational Soccer t-shirt, and I hated the idea of being in a place that was stereotypically known as being glamorous, warm, and wealthy. This mindset did not put me in a good position mentally, as when school started, I wasn't super optimistic about making friends. Middle school seems to really stink as it is, but it seems like eighth graders are the worst. <laughs> People at Hall Middle School seemed to already have all their friends that they needed and didn't want to risk social vulnerability by making new friends with the new kid. I had friends, but I felt like I wasn't quite fitting in as I used to and just wanted to move back to the Midwest. Fast forward to high school. These four years have been awesome, significantly better than eighth grade at Hall Middle. And one of the reasons for this was because I quit playing soccer after eight years and joined Marin Rowing. Rowing is a huge commitment. The season is year-round, practices are six days a week and over 15 hours a week. I loved rowing because the people were fun and I fit in with them, but the sport itself was just too much for me. The next year I tried out for cross country at Redwood High School. If you've never done this before, running is quite difficult. And, um, <laughs> Although the sport kept me in shape, I didn't mesh with the other runners, and I didn't like the overall idea of running three miles. <laughs> the next year I tried out, oh, no, I already said that. Um, I kept trying to find new things to like and to be a part of a community. New people, new activities, new jobs. I bounced back and forth from different friend groups trying to find a good fit. There were wins, but also losses. After a few years of this, I was really tired of trying. Like I said, I was worn out and burdened from transitioning so much. But God doesn't let your life stop if you get sick of putting in the effort. Time doesn't stop for your personal inconveniences. But God also isn't a Serbian rowing coach screaming at you with a really heavy accent to work harder. <laughs> he instead may offer a well-needed water break, maybe a massage. It is not only giving God your burden and carrying on without the unneeded anxiety and concerns for your future well-being. His rest is deeper and much more profound. It is rest for your soul, not only your body. We all have seen that inner tiredness at times. Maybe the everyday routine of work, sleep, repeat seems redundant. The constant bickering of your children requiring more parenting than you already did the last time that they fought. None of us have it all together, and God gives us the opportunity to forget about our mundane issues and come to him. God also provides us with a cure for our concerns, hope. It is painfully simple, but with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, we find the strength to push through. Problems with friends may provide an opportunity to branch out, meet new ones. Your kids acting up provides you with a chance to use some tactic from that new parenting book that you ordered. None of our lives are perfect, but God gives us some recuperation time to get back on our feet and live better through him. Next year, I'm going off to college. I'm nervous about the change, but excited at the possibilities to come. There will be inevitable struggles, but I feel that these past years have equipped me with the tools to deal with new situations. Jesus invites us to come to him, and he will share the burdens of our future endeavors. 
giving us hope that the burdens in life do not have the final say in who we are. I'm going to now invite Nathan to come up and wrap up the message, but I want to ask you, what is your burden right now? What feels unknown or uncertain? Are you letting Jesus carry that burden with you, or are you trying to do it all on your own? Hello, um, so I'm Nathan, go to Samarin High School, um, and next year I will be at Harvey Mudd College, currently undeclared, um, but I'm thinking about either engineering or computer science. So within this passage, I'm going to be focusing on the last two verses, specifically the rest that God promises when we take on his yoke and how we get to that rest. So in order to know what's so special about God's yoke, we first have to determine what our own yoke and burden are. Our burden is that of sin and anything going on in our lives, whether it's paying bills, losing your job, or getting to an argument with your significant other. This is a very heavy burden, and I'm sure everyone here from experience knows that these things can pile up and crush you underneath. This is what God offers us in this passage. He's offering an exchange that is by no means equivalent. God is willing to take our entire burden in exchange for his much lighter one. All he asks for is that we abide in him. John 15 verse 5 talks about just this. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we abide in him, we will find this rest and bear much fruit. God has all the answers to any questions or problem we will ever, ever encounter. Part of giving up our problems to him is trusting that he will reveal the solution to us. He knows exactly when to give that information to us, but we just have to trust he will, because sometimes it doesn't ever seem like that's going to happen. We find rest and hope, and God is the infinite wellspring of hope. Giving up our problems and issues to him and abiding in him and living like him gives us that hope that everything will be okay in the end and that God will follow through on his promises. An interesting side note is that a yoke is designed for two animals. God doesn't want us to go through this process alone. When we take up his yoke, we are doing so with another. That's why church and this is so important. It brings us closer to God, but at the same time, doing that with other people. If you think about the yoke analogy, two animals pulling the same burden each have to do half the work, meaning that walking with God and finding rest in him is easier when done with others. I recently experienced this rest in God earlier this week. My grandpa had heart failure. I'm sorry. My grandpa had heart failure on Friday the 24th, and he was taken to the hospital and put in a medical coma. He was living on a breathing machine and had severe brain damage from lack of oxygen. When I came to the hospital on Tuesday, it was already decided that he was going to be placed in comfort care later that day to pass peacefully. Sitting in the hospital, waiting for the inevitable, I felt utterly hopeless. There was and never would be anything that I could do to prevent him from passing. 
As I just talked about, rest comes from hope. And in these moments, I wasn't feeling any hope. Before I was placed in comfort care, I had a chance to say goodbye. Through the tears, I prayed to God and lifted it all up to him because I knew it was in his hands. In doing this, God blessed me with the realization that there was so much hope in what was happening. My grandpa would finally be reunited with his wife after 18 years and his oldest son who passed in 2016. His critical condition had brought our entire family together and made us even closer than we already were. The next day, we came back down to help plan the funeral. That day, there was so much love to be shared. My brother and I were finally able to spend some quality time with my older cousin, which was just amazing. At the family dinner we had that night, it was just filled with laughter and love. Surrendering my struggles and utter hopelessness to God helped me find rest in my family and hope where there seemed to be none. I don't know what any of you are going through right now, and I'm sure most of you have gone a lot more, gone through a lot more than I have. But what I do know is that God cares about us, and if we put our trust in him, we will find this hope and rest. So what does it look like for you to come to God and find this rest promised that he promises? I just want to close us in prayer, so if you could please bow your heads and close your eyes. God, thank you for bringing us here today and for giving David, Lydia, and I a chance to share your message. You're so good, and you care about us so much. And I pray that we would all know and realize that we can come to you with any problems that we have and lift everything up to you and that you will take care of us. I thank you for everything you've done and will continue to do for us. And I pray that you would bless everyone here this week. In your name, amen. Um, we're almost finished, and we're going to invite the seniors to come up, but I want to take a second to just kind of, to, I guess, discuss why this Sunday is so important to our church and why it matters to us. So today, what you've experienced is the culmination of an 18-year-long process um, from when you have a baby, and uh, one of our pastors takes your child and parades them around the room and tells them what life's going to look like for them in the next couple of years, and children's ministry programming. Uh, becoming part of middle school and high school ministry. Um, and uh, there's so much that happens in that space and time, right? You have diapers and school happens and relationships and kids come to us and throw dodgeballs at each other's faces and smash marshmallows in the carpet. And it's crazy and chaotic and so good. And, um, and it is a gift of us um, from Marin Covenant to be able to say to the senior class of 2019 right now um, that you are officially... Uh, sent off. And what we mean is by that is not that you, you're gone from our church. We love you. Come to our church still. <laughs> we want you here and we love you and this is always your home. Um, but from now and moving forward, your faith is to be your own. There's going to be no parents telling you uh, to show up to, to youth group or Sunday morning anymore. That is your choice. And, um, and the hope is that you would know uh, that whatever your journey looks like, that Jesus is with you and simply turning to him. Um, that's all it takes. No matter what you've done, what you will do, his invitation is always the same, that you would come to him and to receive his rest and joy. And so um, this is the culmination of, of that 18 years of what our church uh, loves student ministry and pours into it. So I've been honored to be a youth pastor for two years. So thanks for letting me do that. Um, I love you guys. And 
I'm honored to call you friends. I'm going to invite Ben Kearns to come up and give a final commissioning word. And why the class of 2019 come up here and, and, and join me? And if, even if you didn't participate, yeah, Neil, get on up here. Good job. All right. So we're going to do this awkward thing. We're going to stand this way so they can all see us, but we'll kind of like talk to each other. How's that sound? Good. Well, um, you guys did such a great job. I mean, everybody, it's so fun to, uh, to have you um, celebrate with us like this. And um, I love what you said, Lydia, that, you know, kid time seems to move so much differently than adult time. And right now you look so old and you're handsome and beautiful and mature. And, um, but this crazy thing happens that in a month from now and for the rest of your life, you're going to look back from this moment and it's going to be part of the same book from when you were babies and going to first grade. This is part of your childhood book. And, um, and, you're, and we're closing that up here. And, um, and so there's one thing that I want you to make sure that you know as you close up your childhood book, and then two things I would love to encourage you about. One, that I w- we just want you to know, like what Ben said, that you are dearly loved. We love you so much. The reason we love you is because we just want to represent God's love for you, that we believe that there's a God who loves us and pursues us and runs after us all the days of our life. And we would love nothing more than for you to know that and embrace that, that God truly, truly loves you. And we as a church have tried to be the hands and feet of that, and we've probably screwed up along the way. I know I screwed up along the way. Um, but our posture is we long for, to be a representation of God's love for you. So you are always welcome here, no matter what ups, no matter what downs. When you come back from college and you are wrestling with all sorts of chaotic, crazy stuff, you are always welcome here. And what's so fun is all the kids who are back from college now, they kind of walk in and they're like, I remember when I was a kid. I remember you guys. They all walked around like so. And we want that for you. We want you to look down on us as maturing adults as, you, as your childhood home. So please, please come back and please visit. And uh, you're always welcome no matter what. The two things I'd like to just charge you with is one, our hope for you is that you'd be people that would continually move towards Christ. That's our church's mission statement. It's what we're desiring to do, that there's no arriving. It's not like when you get your life together, when you have these questions answered, you've arrived. We are people who always move towards Christ. There's some really old people out there who are still moving towards Christ. And we want to model to you, we want you to live into, you always move towards Christ. And there's going to be really big challenges in front of you. You're going to learn all sorts of crazy things about the world, and you're going to have really challenging college professors. You're going to have friends and people that you know that are Christians that you don't want anything to do with because they're so weird. You are going to be tempted by all sorts of chaos. I mean, it is a really challenging moment that you guys are about to embark on. But our hope and prayer for you is that you be people that would move towards Christ. And any time you've gone, no matter how far off the rails, any time you turn back towards Christ, Jesus and our church is sitting there waiting for you to come sit in the front and be back in fellowship together to work it out. So that's one. That's the bad case scenario. (laughs) The second thing is that to remember that you are the fragrance of Christ. We've talked to this. I love what you guys brought about the rest of God. And you guys know, even more than most of us adults, how much anxiety and depression, how much uncertainty and suicide, I mean, hopelessness. I mean, you guys are living in a really challenging moment. And yet the world longs to be loved. The the world longs to be invited in the community. And you, as followers of Christ, have an opportunity to share the love of Christ, to be the fragrance of Christ. So wherever you go, you have an opportunity to bring the love and the mercy and the grace of God. And so our hope for you is that you would leave this place, be extensions of our church body, but more be the extensions of Christ's love and grace to a world that desperately needs it. 
So that's our hope for you. That's our prayer for you. We love you. We're so proud of you. Let's give it one more time for these guys. We're so proud of you. Well, we're, we, uh, we as a church, we're going to pray for you guys and we're going to commission you and launch you out into the big bad world. Like Ben said, we're no longer, you know, youth workers and parents, you know, begging you and pleading you to come. You out of your own volition have to work out your walk with Christ, but know that you have a home base of people who are your champions. So I'm going to invite up these guys as parents or if you're part of youth staff team uh, or, or we're part of youth staff team when these guys were a little younger, we'd love for you to come up here and, uh, and pray for them. They need lots of it. Um, so... And while, they're, while we're going to do that, if you as a congregation, we you guys stand up and extend your hand toward these guys and, and let's pray together. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, we are so thankful for these precious young women and men and for the way that you have been running after them their entire lives, sometimes so close like a hug from art and sometimes so far but in all of their emotional ups and downs and all of the things that are happening in their lives, God, we thank you that you are a God who runs after them. And we just pray as we launch them into the big bad world, God, that they would stop long enough to reflect and be quiet long enough to know and be reminded of your goodness and of your grace. And not just to be reminded of your goodness and grace, but that they would be mature women and men, members of the body of Christ, daughters and sons of you, who are doing the family business, expanding the kingdom of God as it is in heaven, working for justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with you, our Lord and Savior. May your hand of blessing be on them. May you protect them and care for them. And may they come to know you and love you and serve you all the days of their life. And all of God's kids said, amen, amen and amen.